Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 80, uh, recorded here on September 3rd, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment only, is not investing advice. Please do your own homework. Well, uh, got a lot to go over this week, a lot of news. Um, so, um, I hope you uh, settle in for this. If you're, if it's in the morning, enjoy your coffee. If it's in the afternoon or you're out for a walk, maybe take a little extra long walk. All right, so we'll jump into the market update. Uh, the S&P 500 rose 2.5% for the week to close at 4,515.77 points, posting gains in four out of the five sessions. Wall Street's benchmark index notched its best weekly performance since mid-June, helped by a host of economic data that pointed towards a slowing economy. Hmm, bad news is good news. And boosted bets that the Federal Reserve could hold off on further rate hikes. Technology stocks also contributed to the S&P 500's weekly advance, adding on to their gain from last week. The week was crammed with key economic data on the labor market and inflation, which will probably be instrumental in shaping the decision of the Fed's Monetary Policy Committee at its meeting later this month. Many of the indicators pointed towards cooling in the economy, strengthening hopes that it would be enough for the central bank to keep rates steady. Friday's non-farm payrolls report showed an uptick in the unemployment rate. Market participants took heart, took heart from the data which suggests that the highly resilient labor market is finally cracking and that the effects of the Fed's aggressive tightening campaign is showing up. What that means is, yay, people are losing their jobs. Investors are hoping that the reports have been enough to convince the central bank to stop hiking. The only blip was jobless claims numbers, which fell for the third straight week. Um, so, yeah. We'll just wait and see what the Fed does, and that's how we invest nowadays. Uh, next up, um, the look ahead. So the key economic events for the holiday-shortened week, week will be releases on factory orders, initial jobless claims, and consumer credit. Those releases will add to the spotlight on the Federal Reserve, which may turn even brighter with several FOMC speakers making the rounds with speeches and the Fed's beige book for September scheduled to be released, and then broken down by analysts. The CME, CME FedWatch tool indicated a 6% probability of an interest rate increase of 25 points at the next Fed meeting scheduled for September 19th and 20th. Uh, while trading on the Fed funds contract implies a probability of just under 35% that an interest rate hike of either 25 to 50 basis points will take place before or at the November meeting. Meanwhile, the energy market could be jolted after details are released on Russia's new OPEC plus supply cut agreement. The corporate calendar is very active in the week ahead with the Goldman Sachs Communicopia Technology Conference, Roblox Developer Conference, City Global Technology Conference, Barclays Global Consumer Staples Conference, and Intuit Innovation Day, some of the key events. Uh, notable names on the earnings calendar include Kroger and DocuSign. All right, moving into Bitcoin news. And like I said, I have a lot to cover. Um, First up, just a quick article on news highlights of the week. Some of these things we'll dive into deeper. This is from Bitcoin.com, just updated today. Uh, tornado Cash founders accused. Court rules in favor of Grayscale against SEC and more. Newsweek in review. So first up, founders of crypto mixer Tornado Cash accused of laundering $1 billion. The founders of the cryptocurrency mixing service Tornado Cash were charged last week with allegedly helping to launder more than a billion dollars in digital currency, including funds taken by North Korean hackers. Um, I think we talked about this last week, too. 
Uh, court rules in favor of Grayscale against SEC and Bitcoin ETF conversion lawsuit. So this was the big news of the week, and uh, I'll have a little bit more on that later. But uh, the highlights are DC court has ruled in favor of Grayscale, the largest crypto asset manager in its lawsuit, challenging the United States Securities and Exchange Commission's decision to deny the conversion of GBTC to a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund. The securities regulator, quote, failed to explain its different treatment of similar products, said the circuit judge presiding over the Grayscale SEC case. Of course, that caused Bitcoin to rally and then it went back down. So um, next up, uh, economist Peter Schiff warns of full-blown financial crisis hitting U.S. economy before Fed reaches inflation target. Um, economist Peter Schiff has warned about an impending full-blown financial crisis that he expects to hit the U.S. economy before the Federal Reserve reaches its inflation target. He further predicted that the financial crisis will force the Fed to raise its inflation target. Um, he might not be right about that. I think there's there's already some signaling that the Fed may has been saying that uh, you know maybe two percent isn't right and maybe it should be three percent. Um, so, uh, but um, you know everybody's waiting for the crisis to happen and you know meanwhile it doesn't happen. So then everybody says, see everything's fine. Uh, oil giants joining BRICS, a strategic success for China and Russia, experts say. A German expert says that the BRICS economic bloc adding several oil giants as new members is a strategic success for China and Russia. The BRICS leaders announced at their recent annual summit that they've invited Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Iran, Argentina, Egypt, and Ethiopia to join as new members. We talked about that also last week uh, in a bit more detail. Uh, shitcoin watch. So, uh, this is from Coindesk. This was posted on August 31st. First mover America's Musk's X obtains payment licenses in several U.S. states. Um, X, the Elon Musk owned social plat media platform, formerly called Twitter, has obtained payments licenses from several U.S. states in recent months, including a currency transmitter license in Rhode Island earlier this week. While Musk has hinted at supporting crypto on the platform, even briefly switching out Twitter's bird logo to Dogecoin's dog before its rebranding to X last month, the licenses allow for broader payment services to be offered. Musk has said that he plans for X to expand beyond social media posts to eventually become a, quote, everything app. The money transmitter licenses obtained since June from Arizona, Maryland, Georgia, Michigan, Missouri, and New Hampshire indicate the tech billionaire may have plans to support payment processing nationwide, similar to Venmo or PayPal, a company he co-founded. The Rhode Island license, while essential for permitting payments, is also a requirement for offering crypto services. Bitcoin's average trade size uh, on most exchanges, jumped to its highest point since June, following Grayscale's uh, court victory Tuesday over over the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. According to data from Kaiko, the average trade size for Bitcoin on crypto exchange Kraken increased to above two thousand dollars after Tuesday's ruling, from around eight fifty the day prior. Other exchanges saw similar action. The last time Bitcoin's average trade size was higher was back during the June's bull run, said Keiko. This could suggest large traders are more active. Um, so as far as Musk goes, um, you know, I, I'm not on X anymore. I, I basically canceled my account and I, uh, I'm only on Noster. Um, I believe Decentralized social media is the future. Censorship-resistant social media is the future. And, um, you know, I don't really want Musk to know everything about me. Um, I already have, you know, Apple already knows enough about me. And, uh, and that's actually why I actually closed and canceled all of my social medias. Um, so really the only two things I have now is my Substack and Noster. Um, I think, you know, personally enough of our personal information is out there, you know, why put any more of it out there is sort of my attitude. 
Uh, and uh, the fact that Musk wants to try to turn X into sort of a WeChat, which is what they have in China, which is, again, kind of like an everything app that you can do social media, texting, communication, transactions. I, I don't want any part of it. Um, next up, uh, this is uh, from Bitcoin.com. This was updated, looks like uh, September 1st, maybe. Um, court ruling in favor of Grayscale clears path for Bitcoin innovation in U.S. Uh, this is from Vivek Ramaswamy, the uh, Bitcoiner that's running for president. Uh, the court ruling in the case of Grayscale Investments against the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission clears a path to keep Bitcoin and blockchain innovation in America, according to Vivek Ramaswamy, a candidate for the Republican Party's nomination for the 2024 presidential election in the United States. Ramaswamy took to social media to share his thoughts on the recent decision of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit in favor of the largest crypto asset manager, Grayscale had challenged the SEC's move to deny the conversion of its Bitcoin trust, GBTC, to a spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. The shadow government in D.C. is out of control. The conservative runner for the White House stated in a post on X, formerly Twitter, in his view, the federal courts are now the only remaining line of defense against the unlawful rogue behaviors of three-letter government agencies. In his tweet on Wednesday, oh, I might not be wrong about that. In his tweet on Wednesday, the entrepreneur described the decision as strong and emphasized that it clears a path to keep Bitcoin and blockchain innovation in the U.S. instead of overseas. At the same time, he expressed his opinion that the case should have never reached the courts in the first place. Ramaswamy vowed that on day one, we will rescind all federal regulations that fail the Supreme Court's test in West Virginia versus EPA, which quite literally includes most federal regulations, referring to a landmark decision on the extent to which the Environmental Protection Agency can regulate carbon dioxide emissions. Amid an ongoing regulatory crackdown, including a number of lawsuits involving the SEC, other government agencies, and major crypto companies such as Binance and Coinbase, U.S. authorities have been criticized for employing a regulation-by-enforcement approach regarding the crypto industry. The U.S. judiciary has recently sided with the sector in another case, that of the SEC against Ripple. Vivek Ramaswamy, who announced his presidential candidacy in February 2023, is one of several crypto-friendly runners, including Republican Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis, who has promised to protect people's rights to use Bitcoin. Both have also spoken against central bank digital currency, describing it as a threat to liberty in America. So it's good to hear uh, and see that this is becoming more of public discourse um, as this presidential campaign uh, ramps up and um, hopefully increases people's awareness of, uh, of what's going on here. Because essentially what's happening is the federal government agencies are breaking the law and they're trying to um, do things that are illegal. And then uh, it has to go to the courts to get settled and then they have to pull back. And um, that's not really the kind of government that you want. A lot like China. Anyway, uh, moving on to China, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, and this is interesting because, again, China's, you know, totalitarian country, uh, you know, we all know that. But this was kind of an interesting uh, news piece. This came out on September 1st. China court declares virtual assets legal properties protected by law, according to a report. Um, so I thought this was interesting just because... Wow, even in a totalitarian country, they the courts, you know, affirm uh, Bitcoin, let's say, as uh, as a you know legal digital property. Uh, a People's Court in China published a report on the legality of virtual assets, analyzing the criminal law attributes of these digital assets. The court noted in its report that virtual assets under the current legal policy framework are still legal property and protected by law. 
The People's Courts of the People's Republic of China exercise judicial power independently and are not subject to interference by an administrative or public organization. These courts try criminal, civil, and administrative cases as well as economic disputes. The report titled Identification of the Property Attributes of Virtual Currency and Disposal of Property Involved in the Case acknowledged that virtual assets have economic attributes and thus can be classified as property, reported a local daily. Although China has deemed all foreign digital assets illegal by imposing a blanket ban, the report argues that virtual assets held by individuals should be considered legal and protected by law under the current policy framework. The report also suggests, suggested, added suggestions to deal with crimes involving virtual assets and noted that since the money and property involved in the case cannot be confiscated, it should not be be based on the unification of criminal and civil law. Such cases should be treated separately to achieve a balanced protection of personal property rights and social and public interests. China imposed a blanket ban on all crypto-related activities and banned foreign crypto exchanges from offering their services to mainland customers. However, despite a hostile national policy on digital assets, the Chinese courts have offered a contrasting stance on Bitcoin and other digital assets over the years. The first instance of such difference arose in September 2022 when a lawyer suggested that crypto holders in China are protected by the law in case of theft, misappropriation, or breach of a loan agreement despite the ban on crypto. Later in May 2022, a Shanghai court affirmed that Bitcoin qualifies as virtual property and thus is subject to property rights. China's hostile <coughs> stance against <coughs> Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is been a long drawn one. However, over the past few years, the government seems to have softened its stance. This was evident from the rise in China's Bitcoin mining share, which dropped to zero post blanket ban, but rose to take uh, the second spot within a year. So even in the world's most authoritarian country, um, you still have property rights, which is interesting, and especially for digital assets. So if nothing else, um, hopefully this bodes well for uh, the path we're on in the United States and other Western countries. Next up, uh, a little more policy update. Um, this is um, from Coindesk. <clears throat> this was updated on September 1st. And we'll have a whole series of articles that kind of related to this. Uh, this is SEC delays spot Bitcoin ETF decision for all applicants, including BlackRock and Fidelity. Um, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has delayed until October making a decision on all of the spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund applications filed by applicants, including BlackRock, Wisdom Tree, Invesco Galaxy, Wise Origin, Vanek, Bitwise, and Valkyrie Digital Assets earlier this year, according to agency filings on Thursday. Already down sharply on the day, Bitcoin fell further on the news, now off 4.1% over the past 24 hours to 26,100. SEC began reviewing the latest slate of applications from both crypto-heavy and traditional finance firms like Wise Origin, Fidelity, and BlackRock and Invesco Galaxy last month. The applicants hope to launch the first spot Bitcoin ETF, which advocate, advocates have argued would allow for greater retail investment in the Bitcoin space while saving investors from the troubles of setting up a wallet or having to buy Bitcoin directly. Uh, today's orders see the SEC holding off on any firm decision, instead extending existing comment periods and allowing for greater public feedback on the applications. The new deadlines for Wise Origin, Galaxy, and Wisdom Tree are October 17th, and it's two days later for Valkyrie. Bitwise now has an October 16th deadline. The regulator has a total of 240 days from when it first begins its review of the applications to make a final decision to approve or deny. SEC staff have traditionally used every possible comment and review period to delay making final decisions until those 240 days have elapsed, making Thursday's agency filings expected. Earlier this week, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that some of the regulators' arguments in rejecting Bitcoin ETF applications seem, quote, arbitrary and capricious after Grayscale argued that the SEC didn't have a firm basis to reject its bid 
to convert the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into an ETF. Grayscale and Coindesk share a parent company in Digital Currency Group. Judge Naomi Rao, writing for the unanimous court, said the SEC's denial of the application was inconsistent with the approval of a pair of Bitcoin futures ETFs and did not explain why it viewed these types of products differently given the underlying Bitcoin market has a 99.9% correlation between spot and futures market prices. Grayscale's argument that its proposed ETF was materially similar to the futures ETFs won. First, the underlying assets, Bitcoin and Bitcoin futures, are closely correlated. And second, the surveillance sharing agreements with the CME are identical and should have the same likelihood of detecting fraudulent or manipulative conduct in the market for Bitcoin and Bitcoin futures, she said. The SEC has used similar arguments in rejecting other ETF applications as it did in rejecting Grayscale's bid. The appeals court ordered the regulator to review the application once more. Um... So uh, all the ETF applications have been delayed. Um, can they be delayed further? Maybe. Um, it depends on when, how they measure the 240 days from the original application date, but that's a long time. I mean, that's, you know, basically <clears throat> four months, sorry, um, eight months. So, um, We'll see what happens with that, um, but definitely the Grayscale decision has sent the SEC back licking their wounds and uh, they're going to have to regroup and I think figure out what they're going to do. But clearly they've been operating above the law in uh, as it relates to um, denying these applications. So uh, in similar and Sort of related news, Bitcoin.com had this uh, article, which was just updated today, <clears throat> um, entitled Factor Fiction, Theories Littered Across Social Media About BlackRock's Alleged Bitcoin Buying Spree. On, October, on August 28, 2023, the number of Bitcoin on exchanges teetered close to dropping below the 2 million mark, hinting at the ongoing trend of Bitcoin withdrawals from these platforms. Data from Into the Block reveals that in the latter half of August, whales amassed a staggering $1.5 billion in Bitcoin. This accumulation coincides with Bitcoin's price dip and the SEC's decision to push back several spot Bitcoin ETF applications until October. Yet ETF experts remain optimistic about an impending approval, with many hinting that BlackRock's application is almost certain to get the green light. In recent years, BlackRock has become a hot topic among financial enthusiasts given its stature as the world's largest asset manager. The buzz is equally palpable around BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF. Numerous social media voices and crypto aficionados speculate that BlackRock is either hoarding vast amounts of Bitcoin or intends to soon. Plat platforms like X and forums such as Rev Reddit are rife with such speculations. For, for instance, on October August 27, 2023, a user named Whale proclaimed on X, BlackRock is buying your Bitcoin. This particular post by Whale garnered 2,768 likes and was shared 346 times. And it said, last week, BlackRock are buying. This week, McDonald's are hiring. Asset managers are closing their Bitcoin shorts. The X account dubbed Crypto Moonplug explained. They probably know something we don't know, lol. BlackRock is buying Bitcoin, the individual added. Another user, Crypto Rover, asserted, BlackRock is secretly buying Bitcoin and nobody knows it. BlackRock is a major shareholder in four of the five Bitcoin mining companies. Accompanying this claim was a screenshot showing BlackRock's investments in these mining entities. This post resonated with 2,774 users and was shared 726 times. In a lighter vein, Crypto Rover quipped in another post, BlackRock CEO, Bitcoin will revolutionize finance, and you still think they are not buying. Elsewhere, a video spanning over 13 minutes <clears throat> delved into why BlackRock might intensify its focus on Bitcoin. The video's creator emphasized BlackRock's impeccable track record with ETF approvals and posited that the firm, along with its CEO, recognizes Bitcoin's inherent scarcity. 
drawing a parallel, the video likened this to BlackRock's foray into single-family homes, but with Bitcoin promising even loftier returns. Such narratives and conjectures have gained momentum in recent weeks. However, concrete evidence of BlackRock's massive Bitcoin acquisitions remain non-existent. Countless social media posts still echo the sentiment with influencers urging the community to safeguard their Bitcoin from potential BlackRock buyouts. BlackRock is buying Bitcoin, declared Mr. Crypto on August 25th, yet the average person has already forgotten Bitcoin existed. The ultimate signal to buy, he opined, but... Until tangible proof emerges of BlackRock's Bitcoin investments for its spot Bitcoin ETF, these tall tales remain just that, comical yet unsubstantiated stories. So maybe that's true, or maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. It certainly would make a lot of sense for Bitcoin to be, for BlackRock to be buying Bitcoin now, you know, at the levels that it's at um, versus later. Um, but we don't really care because we stay humble and stack sats and hold Bitcoin in cold storage and we're not going to buy the BlackRock shitcoin. Um, moving on, uh, this a little more hopium here. This is former SEC chair. This is, sorry, from Bitcoinist. Um, and this was posted a couple days ago. Former SEC chair guarantees Bitcoin spot ETS inevitable approval. Former U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Jay Clayton has weighed in on the ongoing applications for Bitcoin spot exchange-traded funds by various asset managers, including BlackRock, Wisdom Tree, and ARK Invest. Despite the SEC's cautious approach and the applications facing repeated delays, Clayton is confident that the approval of a Bitcoin ETF is inevitable. In a recent interview with CNBC, Clayton emphasized the demand from retail investors and the willingness of trusted providers to offer this investment product to the public. Several major asset managers have submitted applications for Bitcoin spot ETF seeking approval from the SEC. However, the regulatory body has yet to greenlight any of these proposals, resulting in a pause in the approval process. While the SEC has expressed concerns regarding market manipulation, investor protection, and custody of digital assets, the industry and investors eagerly await a breakthrough. Clayton made a significant statement in the CNBC interview stating, it is clear that Bitcoin is not a security. This distinction is crucial as securities fall under the SEC's regulatory jurisdiction. Clayton's perspective highlights the unique nature of Bitcoin as a decentralized digital currency that has gained popularity among retail investors seeking access to this emerging asset class. Clayton emphasized the growing demand for retail investors to gain exposure to Bitcoin through regulated investment products. In addition, he noted that reputable providers within their financial industry are eager to offer Bitcoin ETFs to the public. This convergence of investor interest and the desire of trusted providers to cater to this demand adds weight to Clayton's assertion that the approval of a Bitcoin spot ETF is unavoidable. While the timing of the approval remains uncertain, Clayton's comments serve as a reminder of the potential groundbreaking shift that a Bitcoin spot ETF approval could bring. Such approval would give retail investors more accessible and regulated exposure to Bitcoin, potentially driving further adoption and mainstream acceptance of cryptocurrencies. Um, as reported by Bitcoinist, the SEC has announced a delay in the review process for Wisdom Tree's application. This delay is part of a series of postponements. We already talked about that. Uh, James Seifert, an ETF specialist in Bloomberg, has weighed in on the situation, speculating that the review process could be extended an additional 45 days, potentially pushing the approval timeline beyond October. Also talked about that. Seifert further expressed his view that there is currently a 0% chance of approval before October, given the prevailing circumstances. While market participants await further communication from the SEC regarding timelines, and next step, Seifert's statement underscores the need for caution. It suggests that the approval process may take longer than initially anticipated. As the delay affects multiple ETF applications, market participants closely monitor the situation. The SEC's decision will undoubtedly have far-reaching implications for the broader crypto ecosystem and investor sentiment. 
While the exact timeline for approval remains uncertain, industry experts and market participants eagerly anticipate further updates from the SEC as they navigate the complexities of the regulatory landscape. So, again, um, is it bullish for price? Absolutely. Is it bullish for adoption? I think so. Um, should it affect your investing approach? Unless you're a trader, no. You just stay some, stay humble, stack sats, and um, like I just put ten percent of my paycheck away every pay period, and when I get a bonus, and it goes into cold storage, and I I don't think about it, and uh, it's very liberating. It certainly made investing a lot easier for me personally. Um. Next up, a little, I guess we're going to get into a little bit more specific, Bitcoin specific, uh, as opposed to talking about the uh, shitcoin ETFs. Um, this article kind of grabbed my attention from Bitcoin Magazine. Um, and this was posted on August 31st. And again, I'll include links to all these articles in the show notes if you want to read it for yourself. But this one is called Chainalysis, the Theranos of Blockchain Forensics. And so for those of you that don't know, Chainalysis is a service that uh, allegedly is able to track, uh, you know, Bitcoin and other um, cryptocurrency transactions um, and provides, you know, data, I guess, on who's, uh, who's transferring what to where and all that um, using some... Um, you know, algorithms and, you know, different types of uh, um, analytics. The question, I guess, here is, is it really valid or not? Do they actually know what they're doing? Uh, or do they, are they promoting something that's not really, um, doesn't really work? So after Chainalysis Head of Investigations, Elizabeth Bisbee had to admit to the lack of scientific evidence for the accuracy of Chainalysis reactor software, experts of blockchain surveillance firm CypherTree lay bare flaws in Chainalysis analysis. An expert report filed on August 8th in the case United States versus Sterling Goff reveals a range of mistakes in Bisbee's expert report as well as inaccuracies in the heuristics applied by Chainalysis reactor software. Chainalysis Reactor is a blockchain surveillance tool used to trace funds on the blockchain for law enforcement purposes. The widespread use of Chainalysis Reactor could pose a serious threat to democratic justice proceedings if the software's findings prove to be unsubstantiated. Roman Sterlingov is an early Bitcoin adopter accused of operating the custodial Bitcoin mixer Bitcoin Fog who was awaiting trial in a Virginia jail since 2021. Sterlingov is defended by Tor Eklund, who is currently challenging the findings of Chainalysis Reactor in court. In Eklund's opinion, Chainalysis is the Theranos of blockchain forensics. As multiple expert evaluations of Chainalysis findings in the case show, he may not be wrong. In an expert report to determine the viability of the accusations served against Sterlingov regarding the tracing of funds, Jonelle Still, Director of Investigations and Intelligence at CypherTrace, now describes the use of Chainalysis behavioral clustering heuristic as reckless. Chainalysis behavioral clustering heuristic aims to detect patterns in the structure or timing of transactions to identify specific wallet software by investigating a wallet services transaction patterns, Chainalysis applies clustering algorithms to map addresses belonging to the service. In the case of Bitcoin Fog, CypherTrace had calculated a discrepancy inaccuracy of roughly 64% for the behavioral clustering heuristic, which still describes as overly inclusive. The inaccuracy of Chainalysis behavioral clustering heuristic would then be compounded by successive runs of co-spend and behavioral heuristics leading to even more unreliable results. Notably, still continues in her report, the heuristics with the highest claimed accuracy rates, Find Next and Find Next 2, failed to find a link between Mt. Gox, Sterlingov's transactions, and Bitcoin fog. As opposed to behavioral clustering, Find Next heuristics are able to 
produce false discovery rates of only 0.62% and 0.02%, respectively. CypherTrace, whose partners include Israeli digital forensics firm Celebrite, as well as the South African open source intelligence firm Maltigo, refrains from using behavioral clustering as applied by Chainalysis as it is not a true representation of the flow of funds on chain, making it inaccurate and error prone. And that's a little scary, actually, if you think about it, that people are being um, put to trial and and this tool is being used and it's not even accurate and it's, and it's being used by the prosecution. So that it's good that uh, this is coming to light, but it also maybe it means that um, maybe better tools are needed or, uh, or something like that. Maybe different uh, algorithms should be used instead of the ones that they're currently using that are supposedly accurate. Article goes on still further still further criticizes Chainalysis' use of single entity clustering in which a root address is assigned to an entity which may or may not be the correct address that transacted. Such lumping together of data is described as being non-verifiable and can lead to many tracing errors, including a higher probability of false positives and negatives. According to the report, law enforcement and other customers of Chainalysis have approached CypherTrace on this topic and have expressed frustration related to the errors they experienced using Chainalysis Reactor. To add insult to injury, still additional highlights <clears throat> a non-exhaustive list of errors in Bisbee's expert reports, such as the use of bits instead of bytes, leading to incorrect mathematical assumptions, as well as multiple apparent incorrect identifications of change addresses. The report further highlights the missing of a, missing of a number of script types, such as P2PK, P2MS, P2WSH, or P2TR, and the incorrect statement that a SegWit address begins with a 3, which also identifies P2SH addresses. Lacking a, citing a lack of in data integrity still estimates that there are hundreds of millions of data points that are unverified, which may warrant re-examination of other cases based on these revelations. To protect the integrity of data in criminal justice proceedings still recommends that chain analysis attribution data should not be used in court for this case nor any other case. It has not been audited, the model has not been validated, nor has the collection trail been identified. The report highlights the importance of model validation, which can be used to verify the accuracy of data enrichment and provide checks on the performance of a model. Providers should have well-documented, auditable processes for attribution and clustering as opposed to black box models, which use potentially unauthorized customer data and unverified user feedback. Still concludes that blockchain forensics should only be used to generate investigatory leads. Standing alone, they are insufficient as a primary source of evidence. What is striking about this case is the conclusions reached without any corroborating evidence for the blockchain forensics. Still further states that the blockchain forensics and tracing tools used in this case were misused to erroneously conclude that Mr. Sternlingov was the operator of Bitcoin Fog when no such evidence exists on chain. Still calls the failures of the blockchain forensics, in this case structural issues in the space, and calls for an independent audit of chain analysis and their methodologies to prevent wrongful arrests like this one and failures in compliance like with FTX. So really interesting article. Um, uh, I I probably will go back through and read this again because it's pretty pretty technical, but I think the upshot of it is that um, you know, as the byline of the article says, evidence is mounting that chain analysis, blockchain forensics heuristics may be more of a swindle than a science. And, um, you know, of course, all these law enforcement agencies are paying them for this service and it's, uh, left to the courts to expose, uh, once again, that, uh, something is not right. Next up, uh, a lot of talk about drive chains uh, in Bitcoin um, lately. And so this article here from Decrypt, which was posted on August 29th, what's a Bitcoin drive chain and why are devs at odds over its proposal? I thought it'd be good to go through this since it's a, uh, I don't really have an opinion on it yet, although my, my from what I've read, 
you know, there's a great sense of urgency of getting this done quickly. And, and anytime I hear that, I immediately want to slow down uh, and, and be very, very, very judicious in considering, you know, what's being proposed. So uh, a major proposal to increase Bitcoin's functionality is making the rounds on Twitter and is now as is now par for the course, it's stirring controversy among developers. Drive chains proposed by Paul Zork as BIP300 and BIP301 would create a native sidechain mechanism for Bitcoin, allowing Bitcoin to be, quote, trustlessly bridged to separate chains. The sidechains are secured through blind merge mining, which allows Bitcoin's existing miners to effectively secure other blockchains without needing to run the sidechain software. These networks could be built with whatever alternative functionality that developers want while inheriting both Bitcoin security and native currency. Sidechains are a kind of holy grail upgrade to Bitcoin's dork told decrypt via DM. We get every single feature we could want and even better, the features are all opt-in. That includes privacy, smart contracts, and additional tokens. Certain critics, however, don't think it's a good thing. The more I read about BIP300, the more it seems like a great way to introduce enormous amounts of grift, complexity, risk, and shitcoin-esque functionality into the Bitcoin code base, tweeted the popular Bitcoiner Hodelnot on Sunday. Like many within the community, Hodelnot supports being extremely wary of change and of the motives of anyone politicking to change Bitcoin. Many others oppose drive chains as being thinly veiled a thinly veiled excuse to introduce so-called shitcoins to Bitcoin because they're not entirely convinced it will deliver much utility. That includes avid Bitcoiner and Bitcoin standard author Safety Namos, who now advises El Salvador President Nayib Bukele. And his quote here is, people only think tokens are a good idea because we live in a world of broken money. A good money is the only token anyone ever needs. Bitcoin is going to detokenize the world. Yet according to Stork, the opposite is true. BIP300 stands out from protocols like Tarot, Original, Ordinals, and Colored Coins in that it does not require a new asset. Instead, they can be used for strictly Bitcoin purposes, much like private and scalable transactions. In a sense, it also keeps with the spirit of Bitcoin conservatism. Through one upgrade, drive chains could allow future development to take place on top of Bitcoin, no longer requiring changes to the base layer. It is the same as the Lightning Network. If you don't run a drive chain node, then you won't even see it, said Stork. It's not a perfect solution, however. Certain developers are critical of drive chains for technical reasons, especially related to their peg-out mechanism. As Stork explained, users must trust 51% of the Bitcoin hash rate not to broadcast an erroneous hash for six months straight in order to unlock drive chain features. If that happens, the L2 coins are lost. According to Bitcoin Core developer Luke Dash Jr., this would make a hypothetical 51% attack against Bitcoin far more dire. Not only could miners conspire to reverse the blockchain, but they would actively have the power to steal users' coins. With the current state of mining centralization, in my opinion, it would be pretty dumb to send any Bitcoins to a drive chain, wrote Dash Jr. last week. There are better ways to burn Bitcoins or donate to miners. That said, the developer said he remains neutral on drive chains as a concept and that it should be available to those who want them if there's enough community support. Earlier this month, he submitted a rough draft proposal to GitHub on how to potentially implement sidechains. While acknowledging the risk, Stork considers this vector of attack easier said than done given any nefarious minor behavior would be highly auditable and would need to be maintained block after block for six consecutive months. Stork said miners should be incentivized to keep drive chains alive since they harvest them for fees. Theoretically, if this idea proves incorrect, then Bitcoin itself may also be doomed. Satoshi's design assumes that in the long run, fees alone will be juicy enough to compel forward motion of a valuable blockchain, he said, so either the fees are an effective deterrent or they're not. Atomic Finance CEO Tony Kai is also interested in how drive chains can foster Bitcoin-based innovation, but has several security and economic concerns. For example, minor extractable value could quickly complicate Bitcoin's economics and incentives if miners feel prioritized to process drive chain transactions over on-chain ones. 
If a drive chain were compromised, it might tarnish the overall trust of the Bitcoin ecosystem, he added in a message to Decrypt. We probably should tread we should probably tread carefully. Stork, on the other hand, doesn't worry too much about drive chains somehow corrupting minor incentives. As he pointed out, Bitcoin has already withstood numerous changes affecting its minor economy, including natural gas flaring, electricity repurchase agreements, name coin merge mining, and more. The mining incentives are the same as they've always been. Follow the full node rules, hash as much as possible, maximize revenues, and minimize costs, he said. Ultimately, Stork believes bringing new features to Bitcoin through drive chains may be the key to ensuring its victory over all other currencies. If not, the risk of an altcoin with better features and monetary properties eventually overtaking Bitcoin still looms large. With BIP300 sidechains, even that remote possibility is eliminated, he said, so Bitcoin's victory over alts and fiat is nearly certain at that point. I'm not really sure if I uh, agree with anything this guy's saying, um, personally, and I, I did listen to... Um, rabbit hole recap this week and marty and um matt were talking about this and their take on it is number one we haven't really optimized um, the current implementation of bitcoin you know with taproot schnorr signatures you know all the latest uh, enhancements that that were deployed and there's also a significant amount of development going on at level two applications such as the lightning network um you could even consider noster you know a level two application because it facilitates you know um, value for value but uh using lightning of course but um uh i just think you know uh there's plenty of development to be done with the existing uh code base and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to push another change through right now, uh, especially if it's being urgently, you know, needed urgently. It just feels to me like uh, a bad idea and that we should allow the ecosystem to evolve uh, with its current construction and uh, put this one on the side. Um, you know, there's already ordinals, which does allow you to create tokens. Um, and, um, you know, we already have a payments network in the form of Lightning. Um, you have your store value with the, just the basic Bitcoin network. Um, I don't know why we need all this other stuff, to be honest. Um, and if we do, it's going to develop naturally on top of, uh, of the existing infrastructure anyway, if there's a demand for it. And um, pushing, uh, you know, uh, especially urgently pushing a change to the to the main Bitcoin core protocol right now it just seems like I don't know I don't like it no no sir I don't like it um, and last uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, and this is from B in crypto this was posted uh, today. And uh, breaking news, Bitcoin wallets crossed 48 million for the first time. So I thought this was uh, interesting as it relates to adoption. On August 30th, Bitcoin achieved another landmark feat in a milestone moment for the world's leading cryptocurrency. The number of Bitcoin wallet addresses surged past 48 million, marking an all-time high. Bitcoin has hit another milestone in its rocky journey towards global mainstream adoption as a means of decentralized peer-to-peer -peer payment and digital store of value. Data from the blockchain analytics platform Into the Block shows that the total addresses holding Bitcoin reached 48 million on August 30th, 2023. This historic achievement underscores the growing adoption and widespread interest in Bitcoin as a decentralized digital asset. Generally, an uptick in on-chain wallet addresses reflects an expanding user base within the Bitcoin network. The chart above shows that users have created 5.61 million new Bitcoin wallet addresses in 2023. Comparatively, only 3.62 million Bitcoin wallet addresses were created in 2022. Notably, this means with four months still to go, Bitcoin has already surpassed last year's user acquisition rate by 55%. The increasing number of Bitcoin wallet addresses 
aligns with the broader trend of Bitcoin's growing popularity and acceptance of cryptocurrencies as both an alternative asset class and a medium of exchange. The Bitcoin ecosystem has scored many landmark wins in 2023, while BRC20 tokens made lightweight NFTs available to retail investors, a flurry of Bitcoin spot ETF applications attracted the attention of TradFi unicorn investors. As more institutional investors adopt Bitcoin, it spurs more retail participants to enter the fray by creating new addresses. More so, these developments underscore the resilience of the Bitcoin network thriving despite market volatility and regulatory scrutiny. So, very nice update there. And last, uh, wanted to highlight this week's Substack. Uh, it's entitled, and I'll include a link in the show notes along with all the articles. Uh, it's called Self-Reliance in Bitcoin, Empowering Personal Responsibility for a Transformed Mindset. So please check it out. I've actually started posting two uh, a week. Now I do one on Wednesdays and one on Saturdays. So um, please check that out. And that wraps up the show. So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you're not listening on Fountain, you should be because you can earn sats just for listening. And that's where I do all my, um, that's where I follow all my podcasts. Again, you can follow my Substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com and you can follow me on Noster. I put my Noster pub key in the show notes. Uh, I'm not on Twitter and I'm not on any other social media. So you can only find me on Noster, but there's lots of Bitcoiners there. So it's a great place. Good vibes. um, Not a lot of spam bots. Um, It's good. And that wraps it up. So I will talk to you all next week. Bye bye.